This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Ambulatory Surgery Center's podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Jeffra Kennard, Director of Operations at Parkview Surgery One in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Jeffra, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. I'm thrilled to be here. Now, I know we have a lot of things to discuss in terms of, you know, where your surgery center is headed and some of the big themes in healthcare today that you're following. But before we dive into that discussion, could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, I'm I'm a registered nurse by training, and I've used that course of study to really have a fabulous career that has I'm thrilled has included surgery centers. I have worked in five states in both hospitals, physician offices, ambulatory surgery centers. So one of the things I feel like um, I bring to the table is that there's a lot of way different ways to do the same thing, and that's been very valuable to me in my surgery center career. Currently, I am the Director of Operations at Parkview Surgery One, which is a joint venture between Parkview Health Systems and Orthopedics Northeast in um, Fort Wayne, Indiana. My facility is 80,000 square feet and specializes in orthopedics and pain management. We have six ORs and four procedure rooms, and the surgery center uh, license itself is over 30 years old. Uh, This particular facility we're in now uh, was the culmination of a lot of dreams from an original one, two-room ambulatory surgery center, and it ended up then being this 80,000-square-foot surgery center. Uh, We do close to 10,000 cases a year, and we do everything in our facility from what you would expect with foot and ankle and hand, carpal tunnels, all kinds of sports medicine uh, with an arthroscopic bent to it as well as doing spine and total joints. We've been doing total joints for over 10 years. Of course, a lot more focus on it recently. And so very, very excited about the surgery center world and where it's going today. Absolutely. And I think, you know, surgery centers just seem like they're so poised to take advantage of a lot of the different uh, trends in healthcare today, whether it be uh, looking at quality care, efficient care, and you know, um, very much cost efficient as well. So I'm wondering from your perspective, what are some of the biggest trends that you're following in healthcare, especially as you're thinking about growth and development at the surgery center? Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously the movement of traditional hospital cases to the outpatient setting. This joint venture has been rather forward thinking over the years in doing some of those spine and total joint cases um, in this setting. before it became really popular and pushing the envelope a little bit, having great relationships with our vendors in order to do that. So, but watching that happen, and it's kind of thrilling to see that, you know, finally everybody else is seeing it the way we did. Um, So, but watching that, um, the only concern that we see there is maybe, um, is maintaining our quality and making sure that we're finding the appropriate patients for our setting. Um, We're blessed to be part of a health system where it is about finding the right setting and the right facility for each patient and their needs. Um, The other, the second trend that we're really paying attention to is the evolving technology. Um, And that's exciting, um, but concerning at the same time. Um, In orthopedics, of course, we're looking at robotics and we do uh, some robotics total joints here, uh, but being able to balance the investment of those expensive things 
um, with our return is always something we're trying to pay attention to. Um, and patients have perceptions about, you know, us being cutting edge if, um, when you have robotics, whether that's a true perception or not. Um, the other thing is, you know, just all the virtual stuff that COVID has taught us about. Um, so we, our surgeons actually have some, are piloting some opportunities to have post-op visits where the surgical wound um, can be assessed. Um, you know, through the use of, of our cell phones or iPads and things like that and the EMR, um, which is very exciting, um, you know, because we always know, like, as a nurse, patients say, um, oh, gosh, they call in and say, my wound looks really red. Well, what a patient thinks is bad may be something we think is just really absolutely wonderful and looking good. So um, those are exciting things to be able to think about um, and hoping for a lot of success with that, obviously keeping people out of emergency rooms that way as well. And then the other thing that we're playing with a little bit is um, some texting things, remi text reminders for what time you need to come to the center, um, texting reminders about their next appointment, um, or maybe even some important instructions so those are kind of uh, the things in technology that we're paying attention to right now. Um, and then thirdly, the trend is the competition for, for nursing talent. Um, this surgery center is uh, rather heavily RN-oriented, um, as I think many are. Um, and so we've, um, always been, we've always been able to recruit excellent nurses. And I think um, we're in a unique position because we're part of a health system that we um, can keep up with, with that um, through a myriad of things that are offered, as well as more people are starting to understand who we are, who, in, who we are uh, as ambulatory surgery centers. Certainly the no-call, no-weekend um, status appeals to many people who are maybe later on in their careers. Um, so it, it creates a, a nice lifestyle. Um, so just all the, all the attention to surgery centers has allowed uh, as a place for nurses to work, some attention brought to that. Um, we have invested uh, a lot of time and money into um, obviously working on our, our culture, um, having team-oriented atmosphere, um, you know, obviously food always helps, uh, things like that helps everybody, um, comfort food. Um, we've invested in some things like um, employee um, assistance programs, a, a Calm app, uh, paying for an app, it's an app on your phone that um, requires a membership, and so we pay for the membership, and it gives um, our coworkers a variety of tools in order to um, deal with, to cope with anxiety. Um, we are developing career ladders to help with that, um, having an engagement committee. So I think these are going to be really great times for surgery centers and nursing. Uh, to come together and with their 
the, the talent pool of nurses um, and the ingenuity and flexibility of surgery centers. So I'm, we're very excited and hopeful about that. Um, we've really never had any issues with, um, with staffing uh, because of our quality and our reputation. But it's, uh, we, we often, I often hear from some of my colleagues that those are things, issues that they're worried about. But I, I really do find that um, this push to outpatient has allowed a lot of people to rethink and, and really it's something they didn't even know existed out there. So we're getting a, a lot of interest for nursing staff. That's really great to hear. And I know, you know, especially um, earlier this year, as you mentioned with the nursing shortages and then some of the um, just competitiveness and in, in different benefits that larger organizations were able to offer nurses. Um, there's some stress in, in areas where they're not getting enough talent or, or the right talent um, on the nursing side. So it's great to hear in your experience, you know, that's turning around a little bit and the benefits that surgery centers offer, whether it's, you know, the, the schedule or other areas, um, you know, are, are still attractive to nurses and you're getting so many applications um, you know, for those positions that are open at Parkview Surgery One. So um, I'm glad to hear that. And thinking about the investments that you've made both in technology and then um, in the staffing and in culture within the surgery center, is that something that um, the leadership team, you know, was a no-brainer, were on board from, from the get-go, or did you have to really um, put out, you know, what the return on this, these types of investments would be in order to get buy-in from the leadership? No, I did not have any issues with leadership. I would say that our culture was very successful to begin with um, and, you know, very, very solid. And between physician leaders and administrative leaders, it was not, not a tough sell whatsoever. They all viewed staffing the nurses as their most valuable asset. So it was, it was an easy boat to row for sure. That's great to hear. Now, when you think about um, your center going forward, where do you anticipate some of the biggest areas of growth will be, especially over the next year? Um, I do think that our total joint caseload will grow over the next year, just as even as patients get more used to the whole outpatient thoughts of things. Um, we have a lot of sports medicine orthopedic surgeons who do total knees. Um, and it was easy for them to make the uh, switch to the outpatient because they were already doing, uh, for example, ACLs outpatient, right? So they just really viewed uh, these total knee replacement patients in the same way as a uh, weekend warrior, you know, an athlete who uh, with the right education and training and um, attitude uh, and support that, that that could be done in that situation. As we have new surgeons come on, I always recommend that they uh, do their initial total joints at the hospital and get used to, you know, everything um, and how that works and work their bugs out so that they can feel comfortable then moving into the out. I mean, start doing, you know, do, your, do them as inpatient, then they move to outpatient. Once they're comfortable with outpatient in the hospital setting, then they come here to the surgery center to do their cases. Um, you know, there are some, some differences, uh, obviously, between the two settings, um, but I do see there's patients, be, physicians being much more comfortable with it, 
and patients being much more comfortable with it. When we initially were doing total knees um, and total hips, patients were like, oh, but my friend stayed for a week. And then it was, oh, I have a friend who stayed two or three days. Um, but as we, you know, we were keeping them 23 hours and 59. Now the vast majority of our, of our total joints go home three or four hours post-operatively same day. Uh, as they, as more and more, uh, as, the, as it's become more acceptable. Um, and it's just an educational piece where it's like, oh, yeah, that is standard now, I, and, I, and I don't need that kind of guidance. Obviously, there is um, the ability both in my surgery center or at the hospital to spend the night and be uh, well taken care of for those patients who need that little extra bit of safety net. So I see that um, continuing to grow for those reasons. And then, of course, I think case, our caseloads overall are going to grow because uh, the payers are really um, very interested, um, not just Medicare, but all the commercial payers are very interested in the um, high-quality, low-cost um, initiative of ambulatory surgery centers. Um, and so it, that's just going to make um, it easier all the way around for us to provide great care because um, you just get better at it, don't you? When The more you do, the better you are at it, and you find more efficiencies. And, you know, even in um, supply chain and things like that, being able to, um, you know, uh, have some efficiencies in, in our cost savings as well with that. So I think those, that's, that's what I see in the next year. Uh, um, so that's pretty exciting. And then, of course, there's always something new that comes up that we didn't really think about and um, we just kind of can stop and zig and zag and get that done too. Absolutely. I think especially after the past 18 months or so with the pandemic, being able to zig and zag a little bit has become completely necessary. Yeah. I, I think that um, the culture of surgery centers is very much that. Um, and we saw that when, during the pandemic, when um, my center, for example, was closed for about 10 weeks uh, here in Indiana due to the governor's um, edict. And so we redeployed um, our coworkers into hospital settings um, where they were really quite successful. Um, and because they're used to being team players, they know how to ask the right questions. Um, you know, we, we saw their resiliency, um, so we were very, very, very proud of them, and they made a, a really good impression <laughs> um, over at the hospital, um, and felt and felt very needed during a time when obviously it was all hands on deck. So that was that was a good thing. Absolutely, something to be very proud of um, uh, for your team and. And then the entire surgery center to be able to contribute in that way and, you know, then get back to rock and roll and with the outpatient surgery, too. Yeah, it also, I think, made them appreciate where they came from and what they actually have. You know, sometimes we're just so busy working, we kind of forget how good, what a great setting this is and how, what a great lifestyle it is and how rewarding it can be until you see, until you remember how the other half lives a little bit. So, yeah, that was, it was a... Um, one of the silver linings that came out of the pandemic for us. Got it. That's great to hear. Now, I'm wondering, before we wrap up our conversation, 
I know you've had experience in all sorts of healthcare settings and, and leadership as well. What advice do you have for emerging leaders in healthcare today? Well, I think, first of all, be curious um, and be very open. You know, you have to invest in yourself and you have to invest in, in those people around you. So um, being a servant leader, being curious um, and listening, not talking so much, but doing more listening. Um, I have a little uh, mnemonic on my computer that says, wait, which is why am I talking? To help remind me to not just jump in, but to listen. Um, I think my parents taught me something that was, that, has been so important in my career, which is just make yourself valuable. Um, And so I think that goes back to the curiosity and listening. Know who your clients are, who your audience is, what their needs are, and bringing everybody together. And then lastly um, is just keeping a really positive attitude and being humble. Here at our surgery center, One of the things that my leaders here at the Surgery Center like to talk about is that, you know, we take our work very seriously here, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. It's always good to be able to laugh at yourself. It's good to be able to say, oh, I didn't do that so well. I could do that better. Or I did that well, and how could I do it better? And so having that that shared culture really, really helps everything, and it helps, helps your culture of the culture of the entire center, but it also helps each individual in their career goals as well. Um, and just know, understanding the big picture all the time and trying to stay positive and humble. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really excellent discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Yes, Laura. Thank you so much. Anytime. I enjoyed it. Um, hello to all my colleagues.